The book of Acts, chapter 1, starting at verse 4, you will find these words. And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, It is not for you to know the times or seasons which the Father has put in his own authority. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. I'm going to stop there and I want to uh, talk to you saints of God from the thought. Just one thing. Just one thing. Amen. Amen. We, we talked about um, the author of the book of Acts on last week. The author being Luke. Who wrote uh, this uh, account, if you will, to his dear friend, Theophilus. Uh, but this is the second of two accounts and that he wrote to his dear friend, Theophilus. His first orderly account was the gospel according to Luke, and then the second being Acts. I want to add on this week uh, that, no, that not only is this a story of the love of a man for another man so much so that he wanted to make sure he got Jesus right. But if you look carefully at the two accounts, as he calls them volume one and volume two, volume one is a story about the head. Volume two is a story about the body. So volume one and volume two together creates the vivid mosaic in which we call the church. Luke was a story about Jesus who is the head of the church. Acts is a story about the body which is the believers in the church. Some have even given the name of this particular book the Acts of the Apostles. But I contend with you today that this is really the Acts of the Holy Spirit. Because we see in our text, the thrust of this is that 
They are to wait on the Holy Spirit. Today I want to talk to you about just one thing. Just one thing. Just one thing because uh, the same wandering minds and same fidgetiness that the uh, disciples, I will use that term here, the disciples had then, we have now. Jesus told them by no account, do you go anywhere? Don't go nowhere, just wait. Wait on the Holy Spirit. Wait on the promise of the Father before you try to do anything. Huh? Don't go before the Spirit. Uh, the disciples hear these words, but their minds are concerned about something past the promise. They're already down the road, around the bend, and up the street. But don't get too upset with the uh, disciples, because that's how we are too. Amen. We have a situation in our life. Amen. And we've gone down the road, around the corner, and up the street. We've already seen the end before the beginning has got going good. It's the same here with the disciples. They're worried about when Jesus is going to restore the kingdom about back to Israel. Jesus has not even said all that much about this restoration, but that's what's been on their minds. Because that is the pain point that they have in their flesh. They're tired of the Roman government. They're tired of the oppression. They're tired of the persecution. They're tired of the tests and the trials, the tribulations. They want it to be over. But you don't blame them, do you? I know we get tired of the trials and the tribulations of trying to be a Christian in this society. Listening to the vile and, and, and corruptness of our society and listening to the kinds of things that spewed out of folk mouths and seeing the debauchery and the depravity that comes across our eyes in time that just causes us to shut up. Tired of it. When, when Lord, are you coming back? When, when are you coming back so we can get out of this mess? But the Lord says to the disciples, mm-mm. No, don't, don't go down there. Don't worry about that. I, I got something else for you to worry about. And that is the promise of the Holy Ghost. He's saying, don't worry about the times or the seasons. You just make sure that you got my spirit in you. It, it, it reminds me that I go to so often in the eighth chapter of Romans, when Paul the Apostle says with fervency, he says, if you have not his spirit, then you are not his. Now that's serious business, y'all. I mean, we can play around with a lot of things, but don't play around with the Holy Spirit. Don't, 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 don't go to church. Don't, don't, don't leave church. Don't be part of Bible study and prayer meeting and don't, don't be part of activities in the church and never let the church inside of you. 
Make sure that after you've done all of that, matter of fact, before you start, make sure that the primary thing you have is the Holy Ghost. Amen. Because if you miss the Holy Ghost, you've missed everything. You will be able to waste your whole life with all the activities that you have done, and you will find yourself in a place arguing with the Lord to let you in. And the Lord says, I never knew you. Just one thing. Before you do anything else, before you say anything, before you try to take a position, make sure you got his Holy Ghost. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to, to outline some things that I did not read in this text that is around the context will also show some things that you may not have looked at before. The apostles, amen, the 11, amen, because Judas is no longer with them now. Judas has taken those uh, pieces of silver, amen, that was uh, given to him for betraying Jesus, and he's bought a farm. He's went and bought a farm, amen, but he never got satisfaction. The acreage he had, it never brought him joy because he had betrayed the one who had created it. Not only created it, but created him as well. And loved him with an everlasting love. And his repayment for that was to what? Betray him. But Jesus was not fooled by that. Because in the account of Luke and some of the other synoptic gospels, Jesus said, I know who I've chosen. And one of you is a devil. Jesus was not confused about Judas Iscariot. He knew he was a devil from the beginning. He called him the son of perdition. He said the one who sticks his hand in the money box and pilfers it. He didn't have his Holy Spirit. Amen. These men, amen, were surrounded by one who lived and breathed the Holy Ghost, being Jesus Christ. Jesus could have done what he did in his deity, but he did not. He laid aside his own and he picked the Holy Spirit so that mankind could see what it means to be a normal man. The text here itself and other texts let us know it is by the Holy Spirit that Jesus Christ did what he did. He didn't do it in his own power. Philippians chapter 2 lets us know that to let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus, that he counted it not robbery to be equal with God, but he made himself of no reputation, putting himself into a form of a servant. Amen. And he was obedient even unto death death of the cross but he did what he did by the power of the holy spirit so that we would have an example of how we are to live we we don't do what we do in our own power amen if we want to do it in obedience and in pleasing god amen it has to be done by the holy ghost but in our text i want to show you some things because when we get ahead of god we can do some stuff that might work, but it's not what is ideal to the master. In our text, the disciples have have now gone and they've gone back to Jerusalem. They're kind of hanging out, and uh, but 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 time is going on. Um, 
things are happening, days and uh, nights are coming, so they're getting a little antsy. I, I, I think that they're just feeling like they, they need to be doing something. They need to be something, they need to be doing something. So the 11 are there together, amen. But not just the 11, but there's a total of 120 of the eyewitnesses of Jesus Christ, amen, who is in this area together, including the women. Uh, but time is going on. I mean, it, you know, it, I know that the Lord has said what the Father had promised, but days are going by, and it seems like we ought to be doing something uh, in the meantime. Uh, but, but the Lord had a real reason why he said, wait on the Holy Ghost. Because it is the Holy Ghost that gives us direction. We don't know what we're supposed to do if we don't have direction by the Holy Ghost. He is our leader. That's why Jesus said, it's more expedient that I go to the Father that when I go to the Father, that he will send forth the Holy Spirit, the Comforter, because he is what's called the Paraclete. He comes alongside us, and he leads us and guides us. Amen. And empowers us to do ministry. But there is in the book of Acts, this orderly account by Luke, a little story in here. Uh, one thing I want to also mention about the book of Acts is that it is a history book. Amen. Just as the books like Genesis is an Old Testament history book, the book of Acts is a New Testament history book. It outlines the history of the new church. Amen. And I want you to remember as well that just because it's in the Bible doesn't mean that it's right. Because it's in the Bible, it means that it's true. Now listen to what I say here. Just because it's in the Bible doesn't mean it's right. But because it's in the Bible, it means that it's true. It's true that David committed adultery with Bathsheba. It's true that David put Bathsheba's husband out on the front lines to be killed. But clearly, it's not right. So sometimes we look at a text and because it's lying in the uh, New Testament and we see that it's some familiar folks whom we hold in high esteem, we sometimes treat certain things as right, but it ain't necessarily right. Amen. I mean, we love David, but we know that wasn't right. We know he was wrong. The Lord said one thing. Wait on the Holy Ghost. I keep saying that because though the Holy Spirit has come, he's still saying that to us. Even though the Holy Spirit is in us, we need to wait on his leading. Sometimes we get caught up in, in, in tense situations and we just feel like something needs to be done. We gotta, something's gotta be done now. No, not necessarily. 
even though it seems like the, the walls are falling apart and everything's shaking to the ground, it doesn't mean that anything should be done. Well, I gotta go and take action, and I gotta take matters into my own hands. Because if I don't, then such and such is going to be, well, not necessarily. You don't know what God is doing in somebody else's life. But what we ought to do is pray. <laughs> we ought to make sure that before we go jumping out into the deep part of the swimming pool, that we make sure that the Holy Spirit said go there. Because sometimes it's not for you to go out there. You go out there and drown, and the very one you are going out there to save swims back to shore and goes back to doing the same thing that they always been doing. The very thing you went out there to fix, you end up perishing and they keep doing the same thing and it's still broke. So I, I, I look at this text because this is an inter-Holy Spirit, if you will, period. It's the period at which the Holy Spirit has left in Jesus and gone back to the Father. But the Father is getting ready to send the Holy Spirit back to the saints. But he's not back yet. Amen. Remember Jesus said, don't do nothing else. Stay your tails in Jerusalem and wait. Just, just do that. Wait. Don't worry about when Israel's going to be restored. Don't worry about what season that the Roman government is going to be overthrown. Don't worry about none of that. Just wait on the Holy Ghost. But too much time goes by, just like it do with us. I mean, this story doesn't surprise me because I have these same things go on in my life. Sometimes it just seems like God is taking too long. He hadn't said nothing to me. He hadn't given me any direction. It doesn't seem like when I pray that he answers the prayer. I don't hear nothing. I don't feel anything. So then I'm just like, well, I guess I'll just go ahead and try to work some things out myself. I remember a few things that worked yesterday. So let me see if they'll work today. <laughs> oh, and a lot of times all I end up doing is making a bigger mess. And then having to go back and retrace the steps and wait on God to give me the proper direction so that things come out the way that he would have them to be. Let's look at something here in the text. Remember, keep this in mind and hear me out. Just because it's in the Bible does not necessitate that it's right, just that it's true. Amen? Follow me down here in the text to verse 15. In the context of verse 15, that, that, that we find that the 11 ha has entered, uh, 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 they went up into the upper room and they were, they were together. The 11 were together and all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication. With the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, with his brothers. And in those days, Peter stood up in the midst of the disciples. Altogether, the number of names was about 120 and said, Men and brethren, this scripture has been fulfilled, which the Holy Spirit spoke before by the mouth of David concerning Judas, who became a guide to those who arrested Jesus. Jesus. 
For he was numbered with us and has obtained a part in this ministry. Now this man purchased a field with the wages of iniquity and falling headlong, he burst open into the, in the middle and all of his entrails gushed out. And it became known to all those dwelling in Jerusalem so that the field is called in their own language Akildama, that is field of blood. For it is written in the book of Psalms, let his dwelling place be desolate and let no one live in it and let another take his office. So right now, amen, they're waiting on the spirit and they're reading scripture and praying and, and, and calling on the name of the Lord. Peter now has uh, done what Peter does. I mean, this is Peter's personality. He's the outgoing one. He's the out front one, always has been. And even in the gospels, we find he run out front. Sometimes he run out front and insert foot in mouth, right? But he's still the same Peter. He hasn't changed. He's still the same Peter. So now he does what he does. He stands up because he's a leader. Amen. So he stands up and he talks scripture. Amen. Tells them about the, the, uh, the, the, the realities of the end of Judas Iscariot. Amen. And the prophecies out of Psalms like in Psalm 109 which talks about the destruction of Judas. Amen. He goes into the word of God. Everything's good. Amen. Amen. And he's beginning to talk to them about that and explain it and bring it back to others' attention. And then he says, therefore, of these men who have accompanied us all the time that the Lord Jesus went in and out among us. In other words, he's saying, and, and, and now we're in the presence. These who are here, these 120 of these men here, they've all been eyewitnesses of Jesus. They've been followers and they've been faithful to God. Well, he's still doing good there. Amen. Uh, then you look at the text. It says, beginning from the baptism of John to that day when he was taken up from us, one of these must become a witness with us of his resurrection. And they proposed two. Joseph called Barsabbas, who was surnamed Justice and Matthias. Now, now somewhere along the way, Holy Spirit hadn't come yet. Jesus hadn't mentioned this, but somewhere along the way, Peter has come to the conclusion that they need to fix the problem. And they don't need to wait on the Lord. They need to do it right now. And the problem they got is they're missing one of the 12. Now, one of the problems here is they didn't ask Jesus whether or not they needed to fulfill the number. Did they need to have 12? Or was 11 is sufficient? They didn't ask him. And, and then they come, or Peter comes to the conclusion that the one who's supposed to be the 12th has to come out of this group of 120. Nowhere did Jesus say anything about that. Matter of fact, he only told him to do one thing, and that's wait on the Holy Ghost. But don't be mad at them because that's what we do. Amen. We go running off and, and, and we use 
what seems to make sense. I mean, everything he's saying makes perfect sense. I mean, why not? Wouldn't that be the best set of folks to get that 12th person out of? The ones who run with him? I mean, all logic says, yes, that's what should be done. And see, that's what happens to us. Our logic, we try to use our logic when it comes to doing things for God. Amen. And sometimes our logic uh, uh, betrays us because even though our logic makes sense, it's not what God's will is for our life. See, that's why you have to have the Holy Ghost to lead you because your logic is not enough. Amen. Are y'all following me today? Amen. So you look at the text, and he, he, he says in the text, he says, uh, we got to get some, we got to get the, the replacement out of this 120. Out of these folks, this is the ones we got to. And then the 120 said, yeah, 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 that's what we ought to do. So sometimes it won't have to be just you by yourself, but your friends and family come right alongside you and give you the same faulty logic and faulty counsel, amen, that goes ahead and propels you to doing what the Lord don't want you to do. Amen? So we look at the text. We look at the text and then they propose two, Barsabbas or Justice and Matthews. Don't, don't, don't know how they came to that, but they nominated. They took a quick vote. Amen. Everybody said, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. This is who we ought to have. Um, but I haven't heard the Lord say anything. Amen. We, we look at the text and he said, and they prayed. Now, now listen, they, they've already decided where they're going to come from, that they need to get a 12 person. Now they've decided who the two needs to be and they ain't prayed yet. Then they pray. Look, look at the text. Y'all see that? And they prayed and said, You, O Lord, who knows the hearts of all, show which of these two you have chosen to take part in this ministry and apostleship from which Judas by transgression failed, that he might go to his own place. So they've done the nomination, they've got together as a group, they've picked two, and only after they've done all that, they call on the Lord. Then they pray, but they pray amiss. Because one thing, they put God in a box. Do y'all see how they put him in a box? They put him in a box because they say to the Lord, which of these two? Well, uh, who said the Lord was going to say these two? They had come to all this without consulting with the Lord, without waiting on the Holy Ghost. It just, there was a problem. It was messing them up that it wasn't 12. They had to have 12. You following me? Sometimes it can be that simple in our, in our houses and in our family. It just got to be like this because it just don't seem right. I've got to do something about this because it just don't seem right. It don't seem right that my sister or my brother, my husband or my wife ain't been saved yet. It don't seem right that things are going this way and that people are not doing what I think they ought to be doing. And God is taking too long. So I, I got to fix this. this this just doesn't seem right. I, and, and I just believe, just based on what I know, this makes all the sense in the world. I mean, this number 12, I mean, we could re, re, 
set this number as a, a number of completion. I mean, the Lord will be in it with us. Amen. Uh, but they ain't heard nothing from the Lord. So they pray and they put God in a box. They say God got to pick out of these two. Why? Why does he have to pick out of whatever two we decide? That, that, that we, things got to go our way. Well, if folk going to get saved, they got to get saved our way. I mean, they, they, they got to get saved this way. You know, they, they got to dress themselves up. They got to stop drinking. Got to stop smoking. Then they come into the house of the Lord. Then in here they get saved. But, but I don't know. I don't know about that. You know, folk can get saved drunk out on the street. I mean, hey, you're talking and looking at one right today that wasn't saved in the church. I was saved at the backside of a warehouse by a cardboard bailer. So God can do whatever he wants to do whenever he wants to do it. And as a matter of fact, I was baptized in a church whom the membership would not have wanted me to be a member of that church. That's how big the God is we serve. Whose logic would that have faith? Surely, Oland Butler would have had to get saved at a black church and be saved in a black church with some black folks and baptized by some black folk in order to make sure that he's in the right place. No, I was baptized by some white folk in a church where they didn't even, uh, they would not have let me be a member if the real membership of that church had known that I was being baptized there. Amen. But God had that plan. He's always got something to confound the wise. Amen. And make the wisdom of this world foolish. It was only after that he moved me to another church in another place with around African Americans. Amen. A lot of my discipleship started with a guy that I haven't seen in 25 years. Amen. Haven't talked to him at all. It was for that time. But who would have thought that the person who led me to Christ, that I would have been talking to him on a regular basis, we have, would have been running together. Logic would have said that, but reality said it's something different. That's why this whole situation is a situation that gives us a lesson, amen, about waiting on the Lord. Look at the text. They put God in a box and said that this is... This is the ones that it's got to be. They said the right things about the Lord when they said, you know our hearts. We know everything about us. Amen. And he, but then they say, it's got to be these two. But look at the text. What do they do next? Which blows my mind. First of all, they went before God. They didn't wait on the Holy Spirit. They, they came together and nominated two men put God in the box, said, God, now you pick out of the men we brought. Then after they have a great prayer about who God is and what he knows, look at verse 26. And they cast their lots. I can stop right there. They cast their lots. Now, we see this in the Bible on multiple occasions. It is true but it ain't always right. Casting lots is a game of chance. Right? Well, let's see who, we'll just pick and see randomly who gets picked. Uh, God don't work by games of chance. God don't need to work by games of chance. Jesus didn't work by games of chance when he selected the twelve. 
He went by and got them one by one, didn't he? And said, you follow me. And he said, I know about this 12th one, Judas Iscariot, that he's a devil. He was not in need of anybody's counsel about, wait, Jesus, do you know who you just picked? He said, yeah, I know who I picked. So now, Jesus done done all this picking, but now he can't pick who he wants to replace him, if he wants to replace at all. And then after they pray, after doing all that selection, they do a game of chance. But I think we do a lot of that same thing, amen. We, we play Russian roulette, amen, a whole lot when we're supposed to be waiting on the leading of the Holy Ghost. Amen. They cast their lots and it fell on Matthias and he was numbered with the 11 apostles. I, I want to say to you as well as I close in this message that even when we don't do things quite right, it can work, but it's not the ideal that Jesus would have. It, it, it's not what Jesus has in mind, and Jesus is going to get his way. And in this story of uh, the Acts of the Apostles or the Acts of the Holy Spirit, after Matthias is picked, you hear nothing about him afterwards. You, you don't hear anything about him. You have to go to Jewish historians to find anything out about Matthias. You find out a little about him, and he was a faithful man of God, and he did a lot of preaching, amen, and he was martyred. But that can be said of many along the way, amen, that they were faithful. And just because it works doesn't mean it's God's will. You know, uh, in life, if you really think about it, there, there are some things that have worked in your life, at least for a while. <laughs> Amen, have worked, but you now know in hindsight, it wasn't God's will. You know there was a higher road. There was a better way to go. It worked, but it wasn't God's will. And you can say to yourself, you know what? I did not wait on the Lord. And this text is once a reminder of the wait on the Holy Ghost. The Holy Spirit still hasn't came and they have tried to do something as important as selecting the 12th apostle. The replacement for Judas without the Holy Spirit. And as I conclude here that this story goes on in this book. And we finally find out who the 12th apostle really is. And the 12th apostle that comes out of this defies all logic, all rhyme, and all reason. But that's how God is. There are some situations in your lives and my life as well that we think we have a good idea of what needs to be done to fix that problem. And if we just do enough of this or enough of that, if we just take a little scripture here and put it with a little experience there, that's all that's going to be necessary to get folk on the right track or to get a situation going the way it needs to go. And it might work for a while. Amen. But you don't want to get down the road and then look back and say, this is not the high road I should have waited upon the Lord.
I, I just wanted to talk to you today about just one thing, and that's waiting on the Lord. If you don't learn how to do nothing else, it is for us to learn how to wait on the leading of the Holy Spirit. God would not have sent his spirit to us, amen, if he didn't want his spirit to lead us. And that's what we've got to learn how to do is let the spirit lead us, regardless if it makes sense. Because a lot of things that the Holy Spirit will lead you in won't make sense to you, your family, your friends, and nobody else. But you know that you know that you know it is the Lord. And it's simple, but it's not easy. Because your flesh tells you all the time, I need to do this, or I need to do that. And the Holy Spirit ain't said nothing. And actually, sometimes we quench the Holy Spirit because we jump out here and do something that we think is going to fix the problem, and all we've done is transgressed against the Lord. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you for this word on today about just one thing. Lord, help us in our microwave generation, Lord, to slow down and to, to, to not get too fidgety and to not get too impatient, Master, when we're going through the fiery trials of life. Lord, help us to, to stay calm and to be at peace in the midst of our situations. Lord, to continue to call upon your name and to listen for your still, small voice so that you can lead and guide us in the direction that you would have us to go. That you would give us solutions to our problems that is the will of the Lord and not our own will. Lord, that we don't make a bigger mess out of things uh, than we should and let you work it out and let us trust in you. Lord, because even though we can't see our way through, we know that all things are known by you. So, Master, in the name of Jesus, keep us in this, O oh God. Lord, because this is one of the hardest things that a Christian learns to do, and that is to wait on the Spirit. Because your time is not our time. A day is to a thousand years as a thousand years is to a day with the Lord. So, Lord, help us to, even when it seems like it's gone too long and went too far, that we wait on you, O oh God, in your direction, that we continue to pray and seek your vision and your face so that whatever you desire, Master, may be carried out in the way you would have it to be. These things we ask in the blessed name of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen, saints of God. The doors of the church are open. It is a good day to know the Lord. Amen. In the pardoning of your sins. It's a good day because tomorrow is not promised. While the blood is running warm in your veins, you can get to know the Lord today. Uh, you, you may be a believer who knows, amen, that I've gotten off track and I need to get on point. You may need some prayer today, amen, and, and that the church is here today to pray with you. Uh, you may uh, have one issue or another that you know that, uh, that needs God's prayer and it's specific to you, amen. And right now is a day of praying. Uh, the doors of the church are open for those who don't know the Lord, but may have been playing church. Amen. 
But now is the time to don't just come in the church house, but let the church inside of you. Amen. The Bible says, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. Amen. Amen. There is a name I love to hear. I love to sing his Praise the Lord. Amen.